What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Daily Bible Reading Snapshot. Today in the book of Numbers, the people of Israel really start to make their biggest mistake. They have been taken out of the land of Egypt by God. God has saved them from all of that. They come into the wilderness. They're about to be led into the promised land. And then they complain. They do the one thing that is going to ruin their opportunity to go into God's promised land. They complain against God. After being taken out and being, God being so good to them, they complain against God. Well, what do they complain about? Was it something really serious? Was it important? Well, God had been providing bread for them to eat, and they start complaining in chapter 11 that they don't have meat. That's what they're complaining about, that they don't have enough meat, that their diet is not balanced enough. Wow. Well, we might sympathize with that because we want to have good food too, but notice what happens here. God was so mad. It says, the anger of the Lord blazed hotly, and Moses was displeased. That comes from verse 10. People were so selfish that they would complain against God when they didn't get what they wanted. Now, God says, okay, you know what? I will give you what you want. I will give you so much quail. That's the, the meat he gave them. It will be so much that it will be coming out of your nose, coming out of your nostrils. See, it's like literally in the Bible right here in verse 20. It says, but a whole month you'll get it until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you. God says, I'll give you what you ask for, but you're going to hate it after a while. Don't complain against me. That's, that's the moral of the story here. It says not only do they get a, a, a whole batch of quail that is sent out for them to receive, they also get a plague. God kills many of them with this plague because of their disobedience. And you might think, well, the Israelites learned their lesson. They're not going to complain about, against God anymore, are they? Well, next chapter, Numbers chapter 12, it says Miriam and Aaron, the siblings of Moses, they spoke against Moses because he married a Cushite woman. They didn't like his wife. So they start complaining against Moses. And the Lord heard it, it says. Now, the man Moses was very meek, more than all of the people who were on the face of the earth. Now, a little joke there, uh, just because, remember, who wrote this section? Uh, Moses. W what did he say about himself here? That he was very meek. You know what that means? It means he was humble. So... I guess you got, you got to be really humble to be able to say, I'm the most humble person on the planet while still being humble. Like, how humble do you have to be? Moses, I guess, was really humble. He's really meek. And it says God got so mad at Miriam specifically because she seemed to be leading the charge here. Got so mad at Miriam that he struck Miriam with leprosy. Remember how important leprosy was. We have just been talking about how bad it was to have leprosy. So, struck with leprosy. Put out of the camp shamed for seven days it says god actually ends up healing her only because moses really intercedes um, on her behalf so that's chapter 12 now you think well the people of israel have learned their lesson right in chapter 11 they complained against god he gave them what they wanted and made it terrible and gave them a plague chapter 12 miriam complains about moses she's gotten leprosy the people of israel have learned their lesson no they didn't Chapter 13, the spies go into the land. So Moses sends these 12 spies, one from every tribe of Israel, into the land to, to check it out, to observe what it looks like. So um, among these spies, Joshua is sent. He's from the tribe of Ephraim, one of Joseph's tribes. And Caleb, who you know, is from the tribe of Judah. So Joshua and Caleb are among these 12 spies. They go into the land and they see that it's amazing. They see that there's a lot of produce in the land. They say it's a, a land flowing with milk and honey. 
right? How does it flow with milk and honey, right? Well, it's got a lot of animals. It's got a lot of wildlife. It's got a lot of good farming land. It's just a good land that God's going to give them. But they come back and they're afraid because they see that the people are tall. They're strong. They're big. And they get afraid and they say, well, God can't give us the land because those people are really big and strong there. Except for Caleb and Joshua. Caleb and Joshua say, no, no, no. Let's go right now. The more vocal spokesperson is actually Caleb. Caleb seems to be really intense. And he's the guy who says, everybody, be quiet. God's going to lead us into this land if we would only trust him. But it says the other people, they didn't do that. They refused. They said, no, we can't go into this land. And because of that, um, they actually come to a halt. They stop being um, entering the land. And we're going to see how long that they stop, um, which is a longer time than you might think. So we're going to find about that tomorrow. But I just want you to see here, application here, complaining is a sin because they're not trusting God. Okay. Now, on the opposite side, who's the person who didn't complain? Right? Well, there are people who didn't complain, but there's a person who did more than just not complain. He trusted God. I think the Israelites, they complained and that was sin because they weren't trusting God. Now, you see Caleb who trusts God and guess what that leads him to do? Exactly what God says. You see that trusting and obedience always go hand in hand. People who don't trust are not going to obey. People who do trust are going to obey. That's why the start of any obedience to God needs to be trusting in God. And that's what we see with, with Caleb here and the failure of the Israelites. So that's a lot here from the Old Testament, but super important for us to think through. Also in the New Testament, we just saw yesterday that Jesus cast out many demons from a guy. So what does that show? That shows for one, that Jesus has power over that spiritual realm. Then he's got two situations, two healing situations here. One is with this lady who, who can't stop bleeding. She's got some internal problem that makes her uh, unable to um, clot her blood, it seems. So she goes to Jesus, touches Jesus, trusts him, and Jesus heals her. So not only has Jesus cast out demons in this chapter, he's also healed the lady who could not be healed by any other doctor. Now, you see this other situation, he goes and finds this, this girl who was uh, this synagogue leader's daughter who was sick at the time. Jesus walks to go heal her. When Jesus shows up, she's not sick anymore. She's dead. Now, we've seen Jesus cast out demons. That's impressive. We've seen Jesus heal someone who cannot be healed by anybody else. What does Jesus do now? At the very top, he raises this girl from the dead. So I just want you to see Mark 5, it looks like a little staircase going up and up and up and up, just showing how Jesus has more power than you would think. So if you doubt Jesus' power, read Mark 5 again and see, wow, Jesus has a lot of power. He's able to do um, anything here. He's able to save someone from demonic possession. He's able to save someone from bad health. He's also able to save someone from death, and he's able to save us from death too. Jesus has power over death, and we see that here. So thanks for reading the Bible with us. Make sure that you think about that. Make sure you really ponder those things. We call that um, meditating on God's word really sitting and thinking about these big ideas that Jesus has power not only over the spiritual realm and the physical realm, but also over death. So thanks for reading the Bible with us. We'll see you back tomorrow for another daily Bible reading snapshot.